Hey, this is Mark Pierce here from Northland Vodka, and you are listening to the Soda Pod. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a special edition of NCAA here, recording on a Monday of a couple of days early because guess what, guys? It is NCAA tournament time. It is the time of year we all, as college hockey fans, have been waiting for. And I have to start off with an apology. Yes, an apology. And here's where this goes. In our little NCAA group chat, group text, right, guys? I said a couple of weeks ago that it would probably be a good idea that if you plan on going to Tampa, that you may want to purchase a plane ticket early because there could be three teams that have a chance to make it to the Frozen Four. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not possible. So to welcome and to talk all the travesty that it is of this year's MNCAA selection and why three Minnesota teams are in the same regional, um, Alex Mecoletti, Ryan Stieg, and Marissa Voss, Max Veach, a.k.a. Uh, CHN Roastmaster, Andrew Cove. So... Yes. Welcome, everybody. So we'll start off with the roast master here, Max. So uh, I'm still ready. Yeah, I, I am, too, actually. So uh, first of all, initial reactions from when we saw the regions being announced and why simply we just can't get a straight answer as to why it happened the way that it did. So I understand the committee as as it was laid out. Minnesota, Penn State should be your one and eight as the brackets laid out. Penn State obviously can't be in Minnesota's because they're assigned Fargo because it's the closest regional to them. Penn State has to move somewhere. The argument I've been making for a long time that nobody wants to hear and it would be unconventional. She doesn't want to hear it. Apparently. <laughs> Correct. It would be unconventional is to swap Penn State and Ohio State to start off with. They're technically tied at eight in the pairwise. Everybody knows how the tiebreakers work. I get why they're the eight and Ohio State is the nine. But it would be, in my opinion, not crazy to have Ohio State get the eighth, being that they just beat them in their conference tournament, have a better record than them versus each other over the year, and they're tied to start with. And Penn State has to move anyway. So that would allow you to bring a nine seed out, which is top of your tier three teams, and bring in a lower seed into the number one overall bracket. That would eliminate almost all of the controversy we're having right now. It would prevent St. Cloud State from being in there. You would only have two Minnesota teams in there. And I think the vast majority of people wouldn't care. The people in Minnesota would be happy and everything would work out. Now, I get that that's not an option because it just hasn't been done before. There's no precedent for it as far as I'm aware. So the way that everything else shook out is just asinine to me i don't know why they chose to make all of the other moves like they could have done two or three small moves where it was necessary and left it as is and then just relied on here is where you know everything went and we stuck to bracket integrity this that and the other thing and they chose to go the other way around and say oh we're pushing minnesota state in here and the biggest issue i have with it is not necessarily that all three teams from minnesota are in there it's the fact that that regional's already sold out. You're not bringing other teams in to sell tickets or create an atmosphere or anything else. They've got no control over that anymore. You're just bringing them in there because it's closer and cheaper for everything else. And I understand the NCAA has to cut costs where they can, and you know you're there to make money for a certain part of it. But this is for the athletes as well. Like if you want them to have the most integrity for their athletic tournament, just follow the formula that's already laid out in front of you. It's interesting, right, Max? And uh, Ryan, I want to bring you in on this just because, you know, as Max laid out, they could have done 
a couple of swaps. And granted, anytime that so, you know a bracket's released, you know there, there's going to be people that don't like it. There's not a perfect solution ever. But this one seems to be a little bit more puzzling than in years past. And the conspiracy theory that's out there is, well, wait a second, uh, 2021, Duluth, St. Cloud, Minnesota State, three Minnesota schools in the Frozen Four. Is this something that was in the back of the committee's head when they laid this out? I I want to say yes, because, you know, conspiracy theorists are fun. I, I love doing that kind of thing. Um, and the interesting thing is I think there could be a case for that. Because if you remember, way back in 2005, all four of the Frozen Four participants came out of the WCHA. It was UND, Minnesota, Denver, and Colorado College. And they tweaked some things the following year to make sure that didn't happen again. And, you know, they went back with that with football, too. Remember, it was the national championship between two SEC teams, and that was the push to get the college football playoff. So I think there was a little bit in the back of their minds that, you know, we had three Minnesotan teams, you know, two years ago, and it was um, – it was – not the like big major programs. It was Minnesota and, you know, not a diss to Mankoat or St. Cloud, but like not nationwide programs that, you know, casual fans are going to know. So there might have been a little something in play. Uh, I don't think it was the full determining thing, but I like the idea because conspiracy theories in sports are always fun. So, like, I have NMU fans who are thinking the refs had it in for them late in the game on Saturday. So I, that's, that's always a themselves in the foot. Yeah. Uh, give up a lead with two and a half minutes left. But uh, let's go to Drew because I think this is where uh, I think, you know, maybe the silent controversy is with, with the golfers that, you know, you have a potential, you're going to face the minutes to the school. Cause there's, there's no way you're losing the Canisius. Let's, let's talk about that. Right. But with Minnesota state, and St. Cloud, let's just say that the recent history hasn't been great for you guys. So are the Gophers fans as upset by this as maybe they, they should be? Um, I don't know. Gophers fans are livid, I can tell you that much. That's about all I know. Um, <laughs> I don't know whether they should be, though, because I think we've seen in the past of, like, obviously Minnesota has matched up with the Mavericks just twice in the NCAA tournament. And we know both. We all know how those last two ended because it was the last two and end of the gopher season um i think minnesota still has it, i mean it's gone back even to the end of the don lucia era where it's like minnesota even if they were good they would just really struggle against the in-state schools and even this year they're the number one overall seed and early on they, they kind of they, they struggle a little bit against uh mankato and st cloud uh i mean kind of in their own right obviously playing different different styles and stuff like that but they were able to to give the gophers fits and they still got to this point. But I think if if the Gophers are going to have to get through them in the regional or in the Frozen Four, I mean, I think if you're a Gophers fan, you, you want to exercise those demons before you get to the really big stage. Um, because I do think it is the hardest. I think Fargo is the hardest regional, um, especially for the Gophers, just because of that built-in stuff in the back of your head where it's like, boy, a lot of these guys on, on this team have really – they've really – <laughs> got some bad memories associated with some of these teams, especially in the big spot. So um, I think, yeah, Gophers fans are upset, but I think they kind of take that energy and just funnel it into saying, okay, this is, this is the time, this is the year team of destiny kind of attitude where it's like, all right, they got the number one overall seed. This is the year to, to 
to get through them and to uh, make it make it to the Frozen Four, and then bam, you, you have to face. Uh, I mean, who knows a, a myriad uh, Eastern teams, but who knows? It still could be Minnesota, Michigan in the national championship game. And um, I I can say after watching the last two years of the Big Ten championship game, I think that would be an absolute blast. It would be a blast. Uh, speaking of blasts, uh, Marissa, I'm going to start with you first on the Mankato side. Alex, look at your take second here. And that is, you know, Mavs, uh, shall we say, cut it close. Uh, they needed to win the national championship. Uh, they did it in thrilling fashion. They had to go to another overtime to do it. Luckily, this time there was not a, uh, a review needed on that goal in overtime. So thank goodness for that. Uh, but now you learn your fate. And as, as Drew said, this is a tough draw. And uh, for Minnesota State, uh, geez, I mean, what's your reaction to your first round opponent? Yeah, it's hard because it's St. Cloud State. And obviously we know it because Caleb always tags me every single waking moment in the gift. So he will never let me forget. But we know what has happened in the past. Um, I think it's, it's it, I think. So I was talking with, his name is Greg, and he does all of the stuff for MSU and he works really, really close with the athletes. And they were really surprised, to be honest with you. A lot of them for Fargo, they were, were not expecting that. They were expecting to go over to Connecticut and it was just not in their realm. They weren't even thinking that they would land in the Fargo region. Um, and I think a lot of them are excited just because it's close. It's not as far as a travel, um, you know, and the opponent is St. Cloud State, someone you are familiar with, someone you have played this year, but yet they're still a force to be reckoned with. So a lot of, I think, mixed emotions, especially from the guys, the coaching, you know, the people that are working inside of that organization but um i don't know i it, it's a toss-up for me because i think same thing with minnesota i same thing with st cloud state these are teams that we have battled in you know the frozen four or in the ncaa tournament and you know we've won against minnesota two times they're not going to let that for us forget that and this is their year like Drew said they are absolutely dynamic and this is a very good shot for them to win it all. So for me, I'm a little scared just because if we win, then we're going to have to go up against Minnesota. And that is a scary feat to then make it to the Frozen Four. Alex, I have to be this guy, and Drew, you're going to hate me for this take, and I don't really care. But uh, let's just say Fargo has been the site of some upsets, one versus 16. Yes, St. Cloud fans also remember that. Uh, thank you, AIC. Uh, Alex, is there any chance that that happens up in Fargo I don't think so not this time uh, I mean I think the Gophers are just gonna completely demolish Canisius uh, you know it's a good story but you know this this Gopher team is way too talented I think they're even better than the team that you know when the Gophers lost to Holy Cross so um, just that that top line alone is just gonna <laughs> wreak havoc on on Canisius. So the only shot that Canisius has is just to pack it in. You know they're gonna their goalie is gonna have to probably make forty plus saves and stay out of the box against that Gopher team, or in else first, good luck in the first period. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Max, let's go back to you because you're sort of the bracketology master here. Um, Unfortunately, you know, <laughs> as someone that's also a fan of our podcast, some, uh, the St. Claude guy, Noah Grant, shall we say, maybe had a poorly worded tweet the other night wishing St. Claude to lose and CC would win. But I'm curious to know, had St. Claude actually lost to Colorado College? Because going into Colorado College was on a heater. Uh, they were actually playing very well. And uh, tip of the captain, and they put out a respectable run there to get to the NCHC championship game. Agreed. But you kind of wonder... 
Had that actually happened and instead St. Cloud slipped a bit, are we still talking about the same regional map shots or does St. Cloud or somebody else, is this Fargo region look completely different? Um, I don't know that they would slip past eight. So I think it would be just as easy to bring them in. I don't know that they would have any chance of going, you know, past that Penn State team. So we might still see them here. But being that you've got other lower seeds elsewhere that change the geographical makeup pretty heavily with Merrimack falling out and CC coming in, another Western team, I think it gives you a lot more option to bring them into that regional as well so you don't have all three. So there are a lot of different scenarios that could have happened should that have happened. Um, I mean, my next favorite what if is what if North Dakota won? Like we're not having this argument at all because Minnesota would be in Allentown with Penn State more than likely. I think that's like a 90% certainty at this point. So I think everybody probably would be happy with that as well. Um, But yeah, I mean, the landscape, even with one change, the CC1, North Dakota or otherwise, I think would have a massive effect on how everything played out here in terms of who's playing where. So, Ryan, I I think where this leads us naturally is 16 teams in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Alaska gets booted out after essentially not playing hockey for two weeks. And to us college hockey fans, Drew Cove, yes, just a sigh, right? (laughs) I think it's worse one that you you have nothing that you can do about it. And maybe one more win doesn't make them more safe. It depends on who that opponent is, right? But are we at a time where we are nearing to expand the college hockey playoff from 16 to whether it's 20 or 24 teams. What's your thoughts on that? I think we're getting pretty close to it just because there's so there's all these independent teams still, and they're trying to find a home. You got Anchorage, which is trying to get back into it. You have, you know, August, well, no, not Augustana, but you know, other teams are trying to, you know, add programs and try gauge interest. And I just, I don't think you can keep doing it with 16. When Alaska came as close as they did, it was like, it was like a tragedy almost around the call. Yes. It it's like, especially for me, because I have a very soft spot for the greatest hype video in the history of college hockey with the Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> um, the fighter jet video, if you haven't seen it at this point, you know, oh, please God. go see it. If you're, um, but I think I can see it going to 20. I think 24 is a little too much at this point. Just maybe if the we get a field, we get up to like maybe 68 teams, something like that. You could push it to maybe 24. But 20, I think, is perfect. I mean, they expanded the women's tournament by adding, you know, I think you could very easily do it with the men. You know, add one extra team to the regionals, maybe do a play-in game kind of a thing. I think it'd be fun and be I mean, just imagine having a play-in game in Fargo this weekend. You know that wouldn't that just create an extra element to that awesome experience that's going to happen? So yeah, I see I see twenty teams on the horizon within the next few years. Drew, I'm going to come back to you in a second because Ryan uh, poked an idea in my head, and Alex, I'm actually going to ask you this question. <laughs> I still lean towards twenty-four, and here's my thought: Could you have the top three, so the twelve, right? have their spots locked, and then have a play-in game for the fourth seed in every single regional. So you could expand it that way and also create a little bit more intrigue. I think, because Ryan, this is something you brought up, is that there's no drama. You know, yeah, the Paralyze is there. We get it. It sort of works, unless you're Max Beach and everybody up here. Uh, it, really, it really doesn't, right? There has to be some sort of change 
would something like that make sense and create a little bit, not necessarily a manufactured chaos, but bring a little bit more intrigue to this tournament, which seems to be more cut and dry than any other tournaments that we see out there? Yeah, they would be so much fun. Uh, you know, um, you could, you know, like you said, chaos. Uh, there could be upsets. Uh, it keeps more teams in it too. Um, it seems like at the end of the college season two, you have a lot of teams that just don't really care either, um, and you know, they're just, you know, as we as we've seen today. I mean, there's over a hundred guys in the transfer portal, so there are some <laughs> some guys that you know just want out of their teams right away. So. Um, yeah, it'd be nice to add, add some more teams and, uh, you know, and give, give guys hope, you know, to, uh, you know, it's, it's nice to, you know, uh, you know, to play D division one hockey, but, you know, to get a chance to make it to the big dance, that's, that's what everybody plays for. So yeah, I'm all in, all in favor of that idea. So on top of that, Drew, there's been a building discussion with host cities, right? Whether it's Fargo, Allentown. Uh, hair care and tire center, whatever heck you want to call it, right? Uh, you know, it's it's been one of those just when you watch a college hockey game on national TV, especially the first one, the regionals, they're empty buildings right now. No, I get it. There's logistics involved. The SPN has got the, uh, you know, the broadcast rights. So there's got to be at least some infrastructure there. But there just doesn't seem to be a winning formula that the NCAA has found to create the essentially the image that this is something people are interested in now what's been folded around is to have the number one seeds in each you know bracket hosted right uh so if this was the case uh mariucci is hosting this regional um are we getting closer to that or do you think that the ncaa and uh, sometimes how they can be sticklers uh want to keep this as neutral as possible yeah this is and I guess my opinion is not really based on anything I know, like just behind the scenes or anything, but like, you got to think it's going that direction, especially I think that the way the big 10 tournament started and how awful it was and how nobody showed up and even like it, it was just so poorly. It just, it didn't work. It didn't work having it between uh, the X and the Joe every, every other year. Um, and finally campus sites, bam, it's like, you, you've got, you've got fun matchups and you, you look at the, the Minnesota, Michigan matchup. It's like that, that should be, that should be what the regionals look like. Not just from a one-sided fan perspective, but like there should just be, it should be a full building. And it is kind of depressing sometimes to see the Thursday at 11 AM and you're like watching this game in like Manchester, New Hampshire, and it's the Gophers playing, I don't know, like. I think it was Gophers Notre Dame like five years ago. And it's like, it, Gophers, it's okay. First of all, it's impossible to get to Manchester, New Hampshire from Minneapolis direct. So you're telling someone Pretty to fly much, into yeah. like, what, like Boston and then drive a, a super far? It's not, nobody's going to do that. I mean, what's that? I, you see, I, I, I don't even know where Manchester is. I was going to say, something like that. <laughs> There you go. I mean, like that's a name you can pronounce. It's not like Wooster, you know. That's, <laughs> it's, <yeah. laughs> it's like just put it in a more like if. And I understand there is a building issue in terms of they don't like. There's a lot more as as um, more like AHL, ECHL buildings um, that kind of host as like a neutral site. But yeah, the as my uh, old co uh, podcast co-host Nate Wells had mentioned. Uh, uh, the, they don't have those in the Midwest. They don't have those out West. And, and it's, it's a lot harder to find a rink like that. That's not affiliated with the university. So I don't know. I think at some point they have to try. Um, they got to do something different. 
um, maybe a Mariucci or maybe a, a, a Ritter type event is, is the way to go. I mean, maybe Duluth is the way to, is a place to start. Cause I think mm-hmm. I, I'm, oh, I was saying yesterday, I said, Max. I'm, I'm just saying if, if, if Amsolo was in like the suburbs of the twin cities, boom, instant. I think that that could be like a good regional, like how Allentown has it every year. That should have been, that, that would be a guaranteed region every year. Cause it's easy to get to Minneapolis. It's easy I mean, there's usually teams in the like in the area that are going to be playing in it. Just seems like it makes too much sense. But I again, I don't know if the NCAA is going to do that. But maybe they could take a page out of the Big Ten's book and seeing um, something that was an absolute and complete dud go to something that's actually pretty entertaining. Now, the opposite side of the coin is well, some conference close to home, the CCHA, right? They don't really have the sparkling buildings that you know the NCAA wants to perceive, right? Well. Maybe they do in St. Thomas, right? But let's just say that. Just say that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Augustana, right? Because in fact, Augustana yeah. is actually already secured mm-hmm. two future uh, regional host sites, I believe, starting a next year and then two years after that. Mm-hmm. So, Marissa, this is the question to you: uh, What does the CCHA do uh, in a situation like this, where uh, St. Thomas's building is a couple of years away, uh, Augustana is supposed to be coming online, even though they just put the freaking roof on the building? Um, so, you know, you wouldn't necessarily host it, but could August to be sort of that hub site you know in the future if that's the case if that's the case yes um i would think augustana might be the only way to go but even if just playing devil's advocate on this the one city i have heard nobody talk about is how about des moines like that's not a bad option for people to go and it would be great and it's not that bad of a drive you know and even thinking about like uno like from omaha it's like a two-hour drive from um, Des Moines and then you also think for Mankato or anything else so if you're even looking at potentially not going to Augustana which would be the best bet for the CCHA if you're trying to have um, a CCHA team host that's going to be your option but if anything else Des Moines is an option that people should be looking at obviously Iowa Wild they play there that's going to be something where a little more neutral but um, in regards to your question that's probably going to be the only option because St. Thomas is like I don't know however long away and it's going to be nice and new, but if they need something immediate, that's going to be the one to go because, unfortunately, there's just not a lot of rinks within the central area to think about for CCHA. But I just think it needs to be switched up. I'm just – I'm upset. I, I think this needs to be time. Last year, we were all saying it at Mankato that why aren't we going to Des Moines? Why aren't we going to a different place? You know, even with last year, we had a lot of people go to regionals, but it was a battle. And I know I talked to a lot of people and they said I wanted to be there, but how am I going to get there? And um, even with the situation, like Max said with Fargo, like I would be surprised if MSU had a great showing over there because I feel like it's just going to be you know, Fargo people going in and not really having a stake for anything. So I'm just... I don't know. I'm just pissed off at the how it plays out, but that's that's just me. I'm just like pissed. Exactly, uh, Max. I want to end this part of the segment with a question for you because we're all going to hate this question, including myself. Mm. I'm going to mm. hold back a little bit of, I would say, uh, indigestion with this. But uh, say that North Dakota becomes the number one seed. Here's the here's where the regional the host makes sense, right? Could you imagine Ralph Engelstead Arena? hosting a regional and how packed that building would be. I mean, and I say that not because we're endorsing North Dakota or North Dakota fans, but we are saying that that atmosphere that it would create, you know, they would turn up, you know, they would sell out that 11,000 seat building. That's what you're hoping to create in this environment. So, I mean, 
there's a lot of good that can come from this. But I would also understand, too, if what's to say that the Gophers are in a situation like St. Cloud is in and you have to go on the road and play in that atmosphere. Is that a situation the NCAA is really essentially would be the anti argument to that sort of, you know, potential? So I think let me start with two things here. It's really hard for me to compliment North Dakota people, fans, and that 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 franchise or program as a whole. But I will say, probably the best arena in college hockey, hands down. You might have a couple of arguments there for a couple of newer ones just because they're newer capacity and a couple of upgrades that they've done since then. But even that, I don't think, outweighs what that arena actually is. Two, that fan base undoubtedly travels better than any other in college hockey. They go all over the country constantly. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we're seeing that in this regional. They bought the tickets before they were even in the regional, and they're holding on to them. They're not hitting secondary market, and that's another one of the issues that I'm having with throwing these other teams there when they're not going to be able to go anyway. So, that being said, I'll get to your actual other question here. I want there to be the the home regionals because if North Dakota is hosting there and Minnesota's in that same bracket or – you know, if North Dakota is there and they're not the one seed and Minnesota's in that bracket, maybe the committee does think, oh, well, we can't have our number one seed playing in that atmosphere because nobody apparently thought that that was an issue going into this frozen or this, you know, regional matchup as well. So maybe that actually does get brought up if that's the case. And along those same lines, like if you want it to look good, make it a requirement that you have to have the amount of seats or quality cameras or upgraded facilities. And then you're going to see other programs dumping money into their facilities because right now, other than attracting students, there's really no incentive for them to be doing that. And programs that are just there to have that program and, you know, happy to be there for lack of a better term, like there's, there's nobody pushing them to, to do all these upgrades. So if you've got that and saying, Hey, you know, you're a great team, you're a number one seed, but you can't host because your facility is not, not up to snuff. Like that's going to be an issue and that's going to make people want to do this. And I think that helps grow college hockey and, you know, there's going to be some pissed off people about it, but I, I think that's really the move. And you hate to get to forcing people into a certain scenario. But at this point, I think more people are going to be in favor of it than not. So, Ryan, let's let's go into bracketology. Right. We're going to save um, the Fargo Regional for last. And to do this, because we're going to kind of truncate this a bit, because I know these conversations can get drawn out. Uh, let's start with this, everybody, just so you're ready. We're going to start with the Allentown Regional. Uh, so that's Michigan versus Colgate, Penn State versus Michigan Tech. Uh, so in other words, Ryan, tell me who ends up in the regional final and who moves on to the Frozen Four from that regional for you. Okay, before I go into that, the Ralph did host in 2006 for the Holy Cross game. So if he had a good atmosphere for that, upset game it would, it would just be great so i think max has got a great argument there but in regard to the regional um i think michigan's gonna fall to that one i just think they have the easiest path to get to the frozen four it's no bracket is easy per se but of the four that are set up it's got the most favorable matchups to them i think tech gets taken out in the first round i haven't made my predictions on the website yet but i just i just people has looked off the last three weeks and as we've learned from michigan tech is that if they go through blake if blake is shaky then the huskies are shaky and i just if he just gets hit quick by um by penn state in the first period if they get two buy-in quickly it's like i think that's going to throw them off their game so i think it's going to be michigan and penn state in the final and i think michigan just with their they're just the better team overall i think michigan's going to end up going True. 
Um, I think uh, Michigan's coming out of that regional as well. I, I mean, I feel like they'll steamroll Colgate. Um, but I do think I'm going to go opposite there. I'm going to choose Tech over Penn State. Um, I just have seen – maybe it's like having seen too much of Penn State, especially recently, is that Penn State just doesn't like – at least when the Gophers played them, it didn't really look. Obviously, every team doesn't look usually doesn't look that great against the Gophers, but they're <laughs> just sure. it seemed it seemed pretty uninspired, um, at least to me. But um, I think I think Michigan Tech will get to the the regional final, but I think Michigan will roll roll out of it. Alex, yeah, I, I Michigan's got this. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I tweeted it out too. I said this is a cakewalk region for them. Um, you know, I'm sure. Sure, Denver fans are extremely upset with, <laughs> with you know, with, with with the region they ended up with. Um, and uh, I I saw that Michigan team beat the Gophers. They they just look unstoppable right now. They, it just it's going to come down to Portillo for them uh, for sure. Uh, let's go to you, Marissa. Yeah, same kind of conversation. We're going to go with Jack Hughes's brother on this one, Luke oh. Hughes. Um, we're going to go with Michigan though. Obviously, um, they're. Like everyone said, it's just hard not to argue with them. When you top a team like Minnesota, and Minnesota is absolutely fantastic this year, that's a big statement. And that's something that, and especially being in, like, really Penn State, Michigan Tech, and then Colgate, like, give me a freaking break. That's the stupidest, (laughs) like, matchup. It's so easy for Michigan. It's just... And if they made me do, I know James Murray from Everything College Hockey said Colgate's going to win it all. That is the hottest take I've ever heard in my entire life. But I do think I'm going to go with in his diet. I promise you. (laughs) I do think that though I'm going with Drew. I think Tech's going to beat Penn State. I think they want this, and I I just have faith in Petula, and I also want another CCHA team to have some winning like how Minnesota State has. So yeah, but but overall, Tech Michigan Michigan's coming out. Max? Uh, I, I mentioned this before, and this is another reason why the Gophers should be upset that they don't have Penn State in their bracket. They have been terrible the last two months. Like, not just bad, terrible. I think they've got four wins since January. I don't remember the stat that I heard, but it's not good. They're f- like 500 against um, um, Big Ten teams that are ranked right now or ranked teams overall. I'd have to look at that stat again, but it's somewhere directionally correct. And I just don't trust them. Um, they've relied a lot on lucky bounces and they've gotten them for a good portion of the year. And that's not to say that they don't have talent and they're not like a decent team, but I don't think they should be ranked as high as they are right now. And I think Michigan Tech, if they do get the good defending and good goaltending in one night, can easily take out that team. So I'm going that route, Tech in that series. And then Michigan walks all over Colgate and I think they dominate that Tech team with that offensive power. Um, as long as Hughes doesn't, you know, shoot it into a wall of defensemen standing four feet in front of him again and give up a freebie. Um, I, I don't see that happening again. Maybe it could, but I, I think Michigan comes out of there as well. For me, it's Michigan as well. They will wipe the floor with uh, Colgate, uh, Toothpaste University. I'm actually with Brian here, actually, on this. Uh, I know Penn State's been bad, but I also think Michigan Tech is a bit suspic- uh, suspect, not suspicious. They're acting suspicious, sus. yes. <laughs> They're acting a little sus. Um, it's, it's been a long day. So, uh, But, you know, I, I think that they're rattled a bit. I, I think that, uh, you know, St. Thomas as well, Northern Michigan, laid a blueprint on how to beat them. Um, and as we all know, with a, if a PL 
Fadula is not on his game. Uh, if Penn State, which they have shown in the past to be uh, a bit streaky when it comes to scoring, if they are able to find that in this first, that they could surprise some people. So I'm actually going to go with Penn State over Michigan Tech, but ultimately Michigan comes out of the region. So a consensus pick there uh, wasn't surprising. Uh, let's go a little bit further, uh, shall we say, east, right? This is going to be a little bit, uh, I think, a little bit uh, more uh, kind of up in the air. Uh, Quinnipiac, Merrimack. Uh, Harvard and Ohio State Bridgeport, right? Uh, we'll start out uh, with uh, Ryan again with uh, his predictions on this one. Well, you know, the the theory is that since Quinnipiac is in Connecticut, that they should be able to come out of that. Um, and, yeah, I'm going to stick with that. I was wavering about it you know, going into the show, and I'm just like, yeah, I think Quinnipiac will come out of it. They They're just – they're really – good overall i mean they're not michigan caliber and they're not minnesota caliber but they're a silly solid program and i think playing i don't know how great the crowd is going to be i think it's going to be better in allentown despite what some people think that penn state's going to bring a bunch of fans to allentown but (laughs) i I think exactly (laughs) yeah i I think uh i think quinnipiac is going to come out of it it's just it's a favorable match not as favorable as michigan's bracket but it's a pretty favorable one to quit a PX, so I'm going to go with the Bobcats. True. Um, I've got to think a bit of a sleeper here. I'm, I'm taking Ohio State. Uh, might be Big Ten bias. I don't know. I think Ohio State is uh, sneaky, been one of the best teams in the Big Ten the last two years. I think uh, Jacob Dobish, when he's not um, at the Zamboni entrance side to uh, Mariucci, he's a very, very, very good goaltender. Um, I think he's – He's been able to to lead the uh, lead the Buckeyes to some pretty good things this year. So I think Ohio State's going to beat Harvard. Um, I think Quinnipiac is going to beat Merrimack, but I do think uh, Quinnipiac is going to get their dose of Western hockey, playing against Ohio State and uh, and and fall in the final and see Ohio State move on to the Frozen Four. Alex, I'm with uh, Steger. Um... I, I just think Quinnipiac can shut it, shut uh, things down with the best of them. Um, and, you know, they seem to be, you know, playing their best hockey right, you know, um, towards the end here. And uh, they kind of want to prove people wrong too, because they are always seem as the, you know, they don't play anybody in their conference. Um, and so um, I, I just like, yeah, <laughs> I just like the way they're, they're rolling right now. They got one of the best goalies in the country to that. Uh, you know, that can take you very far. Um, so um, Quinnipiac for me, the Bobcats. Marissa. Um, I'm going to do the same thing. Honestly, I was thinking about this because I want to go Ohio State. I'm going to go Ohio State over Harvard, Harvard for sure, just because this team, when I watched them on, like I was at a bar and I was like, oh, like Minnesota's playing Ohio State, great. And Ohio State's had Minnesota a little bit frazzled. I think they're very much of a sleeper pick, and I don't think people understand how good of a program they are. And, how I mean, they've made it to the tournament, obviously, but I think a lot of people underestimate Ohio State, and I am a huge Buckeye fan. If people don't know that, I absolutely love my Buckeyes, so I could you not pick her off not the program pick anytime, right? Okay. Listen, <laughs> listen, listen. Talk to me about national championships. We have a lot. Um, anyways, but (laughs) podcast, get out of here, (laughs) (laughs) but going on from, because I think you guys are going to kill me. Um, I think Quinnipiac wins. Um, obviously that's just the choice. There's no way that that happens. And then when you get to that matchup, that one's like, unfortunately, because I do love Quinnipiac and I do love, um, their social team, 
I'm going to go with Ohio State winning. Gotcha. Ha ha. You thought I was going in the wrong direction. No, uh, Ohio Max, State's going to the frozen four. Uh, okay. So, Max, after Marissa definitely <laughs> telegraphed that fake and not fake us at all, uh, what's your pick? I have been the number one hater of Merrimack all season long. I was the number one hater of Quinnipiac all season last year. I think both of those programs are in, like overrated in terms of who they beat this year and last year. I think that them matched up against one another is tough for that first game. I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think only because I don't see Quinnipiac as a scoring power team. Not that I think Merrimack is that either, but like I don't see them taking over that game and running away with it. So Give me Quinnipiac in that first game, but I think it's like a one-goal game at the end of it. Maybe they get an empty netter, but it's it's going to be a lot closer than people think. Merrimack is not as bad as a 14 seed, but they were never as good as a number six overall in the nation. So now that that's out of the way, um, I'm going to go with a team that's burned me. And every time I've picked them all year, I don't think I've gotten one prediction right, is Harvard coming out uh, against Ohio State there. Again, I think Ohio State is a great team. Uh, I just said earlier, I think they should have been above Penn State and got that eight seed. Um, past that, uh, you know, we're getting into another ECAC matchup here. They played twice already. Harvard has been shut out and, you know, embarrassed by Quinnipiac all year. And like I said, I've lost those bets every time. This is the one that changes. I'm betting on them again. Harvard is coming out of this one. Eventually, they have to win. They've got too many NHL picks on their team not to produce. All you have to do is score three goals, and you've got a 50-50 shot at beating Quinnipiac. I think they've got the power to do it. Give me Harvard. Remind me never to take you to Las Vegas. That's Seriously, <laughs> good God! <laughs> Number one Merrimack hater. Didn't think yeah, that was bad. a. Didn't think that was a title that could be had. Wow! Oh, holy cow! <laughs> uh, boys and girls, I've got uh, Quinnipiac uh, again over Merrimack. Uh, I do think that the Ohio State Harvard matchup has a lot of intrigue to it, just because Harvard I think is a bit underappreciated for how defensive they are, uh, and Ohio State is streaky, right? But I do have the Buckeyes coming out of that matchup. And I do think that the Buckeyes present a unique challenge to the Bobcats, but ultimately I do have Quinnipiac taking uh, down that regional heading to the Frozen Four, a.k.a. Tampa, Florida, where it's much warmer and much more beautiful than here. Uh, a couple more regions to go, folks. And for those who are listening, too, you can also do a bracket challenge with us. Uh, we do have a link on the MNCAA Twitter uh, with a league ID as well as our password. There are some prizes from our sponsors, so please join in the fun. Again, this is the best time of the year, so please enter your brackets. Let's have fun with it. With that being said, uh, one more before we get to Fargo. It's the Manchester region, uh, so Denver, Cornell, Boston, and Western Michigan. This one's got some intrigue too, Ryan. Uh, we'll start with you and your picks. Uh <clears throat> I think uh, Denver is going to get past Cornell. Uh, I like I've liked Denver all year. I haven't really got a chance to see them so much to play because I don't have an NCHC TV expression <laughs> subscription. But what the ones I've seen them play, they've impressed me. You know, just all the way around. And you know, Cornell is one of those teams that you know got in, but you can make the case that maybe they don't belong there. And uh, I think Denver gets past them fairly easily. And the other one. This may shock people, but I'm going to think Western's going to get past BU. I just, I don't, mm. the, the Hockey East schools, they're just so, it's, it's hard to have a really hardcore opinion on them because it's like the conference is just so top heavy right now. And you wonder, you've faced all these teams that have really fallen off over the years. And how good are you really? I mean, yeah, BU had 
a good job in the tournament, but I just, I think Western and the NCHC and that experience that they've had during the toughest conference in the country, which I still think is the case. Um, I think Western's going to come out on top and then it's Denver and Western in an NCHC matchup. All right. I'm going to go bold. I, I haven't gotten bold at all in the first two. So I'm going to say Western comes out of the region. I'm going to, I'm going to say Western takes out Denver in the final. It's just, it was such a bold take that Max Veach lost his camera. So, yeah. <laughs> he, he ghosted, and you think he would be happy because we're talking about the NCHC. He performed the exorcism, so I like that. Uh, Drew, what about you? Uh, I've got Denver beating Cornell. Um, I think Denver's obviously one of the class uh, teams in all of college hockey. Um, beyond that, I think uh, I do think BU beats Western, but I do think this will be probably – I think this will be the closest of the 2-3 matchups. Um but I think seeing some of BU's highlights, I'm mean, not a big uh, Hockey East enjoyer, but um, it's uh, I, I think BU will come out of it. But I do think Denver will roll uh, in, against BU, another taste of uh, Western hockey meets Eastern hockey and um, kind of making it to the Frozen Four. Mr. Micheletti. Yeah, I got uh, Denver winning their game, and then uh, I have BU winning, um, and – I, I think Boston's going to win it. Uh, you know, the, the, those Hudson brothers are, are amazing players. Um, I liked, uh, how they, um, you know, they faced some adversity in their championship game. Um, and you know, they had some injuries guy broke his collarbone the day before. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I like, you know, I think they made them, it's amazing. You know, a lot of people don't think coaching makes a difference, but you know, you hire a guy like Jay Pondoffel who's been, you know, played in the NHL. Uh, he came in there and turned that program around right away. Um, and you know, I just, I just like the way they're going. And I think Denver's banged up a little bit here. You, know, you don't know what the status is with Ma- Magnus Krona too. Uh, he might play, but uh, he might not be a hundred percent either. So, um, you know, I think uh, I'll go with uh, BU. Miss Marissa. I am going to go with Denver winning against Cornell, obviously. And then I'm also going to go BU um, matched up though, Denver and against BU and who goes to the frozen four. This is just a really hard one because obviously we saw them win it all last year. I'm still not over it. Um, and they're a gifted team. They still got some players coming back and they've shown it, but I'm like in an underdog story. I don't know why this year I'm, I, maybe cause I hate Denver with a passion, but I'm going to go when it comes to it, <laughs> um, be you going to the, the frozen four, but yeah, no, I hate Denver so much. <laughs> Uh, Max, I think us NCHC people have a, a disdain for, for Denver, but uh, what do they do in this regional? Yeah, uh, personal vendetta against them this year. Um, well, I think Denver does come out of there against Cornell. If Duluth can sweep Cornell, Denver sweeps Duluth, the math adds up there. It's pretty easy for me. Um, so Noah Grant, stop it. <laughs> the, uh, the, the next one there, when you're, when you're talking about Western and BU, um, I don't think either of these teams really scream goaltending or defense to me. Um, I think there was a couple of really good saves that you saw out of BU, but you never saw those the first time I heard of them making any sort of saves all year. So with that being the case, I'm going like a six to four game. Um, but I think McAllister and Poland pull it out for Western and are the difference makers. Uh, I think we're seeing a Western Denver, what everybody thought the you know NCHC frozen faceoff was going to be this year to go to the frozen four. Um, and unfortunately for me and everybody else that I know, uh, I think Denver does make it back there. 
I'm with you, Max. Uh, I do have Western over BU. Uh, BU had needed overtime in the semi and the championship game to, to match their ticket. They haven't been the most explosive team. And, you know, you talk about a team that plays their game two ways. Either they they show that they have numerous NHL picks on their roster or they show that, like, they're ready to go golfing the next day. They're just, they're very, they're just a weird team to watch. Uh, Denver, um, I have them in, but again, the status of Magnus Corona, as Alex mentioned, that's a huge deal. Um, you know, at the press conference, again, after the, after Denver's loss to CC, uh, they took him out and he was very adamant that that was falsely reported, that it was a non-injury related thing. But let's be real. Uh, even if it isn't right, a lot of, uh, hockey players this time of the year are banged up. They're not playing 100%. Uh, the only starter that was out of Denver's lineup was Mike Benning. So the lineup will be curious, but it's Denver versus Western for me. And if Denver is healthy, it is going to be the pioneers that make another second straight ticket to the frozen four this time in Tampa. So that's how I see it there, which leads us to the creme de la creme, ladies and gentlemen, the, the, uh, the, we'll see the condensed regional, all Minnesota (laughs) here. I, I, I kind of wonder how this one's going to play out. Uh, Ryan, I'm actually going to save you for last because you're sort of like the independent voice here because I think (laughs) bias here. So let's, let's do this. I'm going to start with Drew because he is the number one overall seed in this. Uh, Drew, what happens in Fargo? And it's okay. You can be truthful. You can tell me. I mean, I'm 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 thinking ups. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Gophers are going to come out of the Gophers are going to come out of this regional. They're gonna. I think they're going to roll over Kinesius. Uh, it's the number one pairwise team versus the checks notes number forty one pairwise team. Um, you check your the number forty six okay. pairwise team. Uh, it's hard to forget forty one when you make the tournament to sixteen. So yeah, no kidding. Uh, yeah, I mean, hey, I mean, a lot of Gophers fans are just. Thanking, thanking whatever they believe in to say, at least it wasn't Holy Cross. At least it wasn't yeah, Holy Cross, which it would have been uh, the number 46 team uh, if they had beaten Kinesius. But um, I do think, I know uh, the St. Cloud contingency and Caleb's going to be uh, going to be on me about this. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think the Mavs are going to get past St. Cloud in the first game. I think that'll be... That'll be another really, really close game, um, almost a toss-up. Um, but it'll be a really tough one, and I do think the Gophers exercise those demons finally, third time's the charm, against uh, the Mavs and uh, make it to the Frozen Four again. Uh, Max, you're next, buddy. Uh, I love it. So this is the first time. <laughs> this is the first uh... time since 2014, I believe, that a team as low as Canisius has made it into the tournament. Um, and so, with that disparity, I think there's no contest, especially with the scoring power that you've got with Snuggerud, Nice, Cooley. Like you can name 10 people on the the Gophers roster that are better than you know the next person on Canisius by 50 spots. So I, I just. <laughs> that's just to say there's a wide range of talent gap there again not to say that they don't deserve d1 scholarships that canisius i just think that it is a wildly different game plan and talent level that you're able to get um so gophers coming to that one pretty easily there uh the next one here it's going to sound like nchc bias but i I really do think that st cloud state um, as much as it pains me to say it, does have the advantage over Minnesota State there. Minnesota State has struggled um, against some pretty questionable competition coming in here. Uh, they don't have the goaltending that they did last year to rely on. Some of their scores have gone missing at times throughout the season. And if they're gone for even you know a period or two this game, I see them being able to get behind 
Um, so give me St. Cloud State versus Minnesota, and I think Minnesota comes out of that one, and um, there's there's really no question in my mind about that one either. Uh, Dryden for the Richter, right? Uh, so <laughs> speaking of which, <laughs> uh, uh, Mick Tockett, what's your prediction? Yeah, well, I mean, enough said for Minnesota getting by Canisius. You just got to hope that there's no injuries. Um, and then, yeah, Maverick St. Cloud. I mean, what more can you say? It's uh, when I when that came across the screen, I was like, oh boy, here we go. Um, one one thing that uh, hasn't been talked about is uh, the loss of Ahorn uh, uh, with St. Cloud. I mean, he was dominant against the Mavs earlier this season. And, you know, I was looking at St. Cloud stats and they don't really have an offensive defenseman now, really. Um, I, no. you know, uh, and that, you know, that, that's a, that's a huge deal. Uh, you know, Mankato has two in Hiroshi and Livingstone. Um, so that'll be interesting. It's going to be a boring game. Uh, everybody uh, be, be prepared for not a whole lot of goals. Um, you know, both teams can pack it in with the best of them. Uh, they played each other um, a lot over the years. Um and, you know, Brett Larson and Mike Hastings are two of the best coaches in, in the country. Um, so it's it's going to be a fun one. Uh, you know, I think I think the Mavericks pulled out, though. You know, I think, you know, they get some revenge from a couple years ago. Um, and then they get Minnesota again. And if you're a Maverick fan, you have to like your chances against the Gophers because they've knocked the Gophers out the past two years in a row in the NCAA tournament. So, you know, Mike Hastings knows how to coach against Bob Motzko's teams, and you hit the you hit the heck out of them. You know, you frustrate them. You saw, you know, Sammy Walker was you know, extremely frustrated last last tournament, um, and they gave they gave nothing to the Gophers, um, and the Gophers just dominated. And I mean, sorry, the Mavericks dominated the Gophers and blew them out. Um, so, if that is the matchup, you have to you have to like the the Mavericks. So I'll I'll, I'll say the Mavericks come out of Fargo. Somehow, oh. some way, they find a way. Well, uh, Marissa, are you going to find a way to agree with Alex Micheletti's take here, or we're going to go hot here? Wow, I have to process that. Wow, Micheletti. <laughs> wow, I got that one. That I didn't expect that. Um, I will say, we'll this podcast didn't spontaneously combust, but here we are. So. <laughs> Literally, Micheletti's the Elmo filter, Elmo gif, where there's fire everywhere, and he's just like. <laughs> But to get back to it, what's going to happen is the Gophers are going to absolutely dominate and set the, what What are they, like the Griffins or something on the fire? Golden Griffins. The Golden, golden Griffins. Somebody, golden. somebody do a dictionary search of that. I have no idea what a Golden Griffin is, but who cares? They're not going to matter because the Gophers are actually absolutely just going to dominate them. And then when it comes down to St. Cloud and Minnesota, obviously St. Cloud has um, swept them this year, and that was really hard for us. But I really do believe in the fact of you don't beat a team three times in one season. I just don't see that happening. Happening. It's really hard in basketball. It's really hard in hockey and any other sport. So I'm going to, I'm going to put my faith in my Mavs and I'm going to put the faith in the guys and, you know, take the winning streak forward. And we're going to go with MSU over SCSU, but Micheletti, I, I respect you as a person and a hockey analyst and an elite <laughs> hockey mind, but there's no way that we are beating the Gophers it, it, just because of the sole fact that we have beat them the last two times. We have ended their season. Brock Faber will not forget that. 
and they are just too stacked this year. This is their year of anything. And MSU doesn't have the goaltending that we need in a, in a matchup like that against an absolutely offensive um, team. So I think the Gophers are going to the Frozen Four and will represent Minnesota. And um, I'm okay with that, to be honest. And I think, don't hate me, Maverick fans. This has nothing to do with anything. I'm just being smart. <laughs> Like, I'm just not smart, not saying Alex isn't smart, but I'm just being safe, I guess I should say. That was rude. That was really rude, Alex. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was about to go hide. Alex is going to come to Omaha and find me. I'm scared. Well, it's a good thing not everybody, you know, enjoys the six hour drive down 35 with treeless views uh, all the way to Omaha. Corn. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's not growing right now. So literally, it's just, you know, nothing. Uh, Ryan, uh, it's your turn. Uh, so what, what do we feel? Well, Marissa A. Griffin is a eagle with the body of a lion, and so it's a mythological creature. And the oh, colors are gold. So is this a golden griffin? Or what is this? <laughs> yeah. Let me get my well, popcorn. I... Let me get my book. Okay, okay. I used to teach for a living. I'm trying to educate you guys on the importance <laughs> of mascots. It's like she's <laughs> never seen Percy <laughs> Jackson. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. That's what it was called, Max Veach. <laughs> And, uh, Max, you're anyway. gross one person. Can you keep it at one? That'd be great. <laughs> now you guys all know who, what a golden griffin is. Um, do I go ultra bold? Do I say Canisius is going to beat the Gophers? Oh, wait, just <laughs> no. Do it. Do it. I got, there's a lot of Twitter people on my in my followers that I'd love to have a word with you if you do say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, the only reason I'm remotely tempted is because of the Holy Cross upset, which I saw in person. And it's just like, once that happened, I realized that any team can really beat anybody. So there's always this little thing in the back of my mind whenever I see the 116 that maybe it could happen. There's a team. I just don't think Kanisha's has the weapons to do that. If it was one of the other, maybe the Atlantic hockey teams like RIT or AIC or something like that, maybe I could see a potential upset. But I just don't think Kanisha's has what it takes i think it'll be closer than people think i don't think it's gonna be like a 7-2 blowout or something i think it'll be maybe like a 5-2 maybe 5-3 game if you know canisius gets a couple that we're not expecting um but then st cloud and mankato i've gone back and forth on this one uh even before the podcast started i was debating with myself what's what i was going to go with just to see which fan base i enrage by uh, <laughs> <laughs> um uh, uh but you know i just even though i follow the ccha and i've seen mankato so many times i'm giving the edge to st cloud just because I feel like Mankato needed a bit of a miracle to be able to come out of the CCHA championship game with, you know, they got that five on three, which they didn't cash in on. And then they pulled the goalie and NMU just kind of fell apart in the final two minutes. Uh, they were on the cusp of not making the NCAA tournament. Uh, I just, I'm giving St. Cloud the edge on that one. I'm sure I'm going to get some hate from Maverick fans, but I just, I'm just leaning St. Cloud's way based on what I've seen from Mankato the last couple of weeks. Um, and then St. Cloud and the Gophers, it's a rivalry matchup. It's going to be fun. I think it's going to be fairly close, but I think Minnesota's just got too many weapons for St. Cloud uh, this year. And other years, I think, you know, St. Cloud might be able to come out on top. And that's not unheard of that they might 
actually upset Minnesota. But I just think Minnesota's just too stacked this year to get to be upset in the regionals. They're just too good. So Minnesota comes out, and I have three number one seeds going to Tampa, and my real big roll of the dice with Western. So I got three ones and a three coming out of that. So. <laughs> All right, guys, I guess that means it's me, right? So, uh, yeah, the Griffins do not touch the Golden Gophers in that game. I don't think any of us will argue that. Uh, again, the St. Cloud and Mankato. Uh, Alex, you know, it's weird because last time in 2021 when these two teams met in Pittsburgh, I was on the I was on the same thought of you. It was going to be a low-scoring game, 2-1, to 3-2, end up being the opposite. I think because both these teams know that offense is going to be, it opened up. So I think it's going to be a bloodbath either way. Uh, Jack Peart, when we saw two sides of him this last weekend, we saw the Jack Peart of essentially his junior and Grand Rapids days. And then there were a couple of times where he decided, oh, I got feet and I can skate. And when he did that, he looked very similar to a guy that's out of the lineup, Dylan Anhorn. Uh, if that's the Jack Peart that St. Cloud gets, I think they do have the edge in the matchup. Um, it's not. It's it's going to be close. It's going to be a one-goal game. Uh, it's going to be quite the battle between these two squads, as I know that um, if Mankato does come out of it, um, there will be, a, let's just say this, 100,000 GIFs going to Caleb J. Peabody's inbox. <laughs> I cannot wait. I cannot wait for that. <laughs> However, I do have to say St. Cloud does come out of this matchup to play uh, the Golden Gophers. Now, this matchup, I think, is more intriguing than people think. Uh, St. Cloud was 1-0-1 against the Gophers. Again, uh, it was an overtime victory for uh, the Gophers over St. Cloud to essentially salvage that series. And I think St. Cloud just has a game plan. Here's the problem, though. The Gophers are on a mission. The Gophers have the better talent, and there's no way that this squad is going to let anything in the regional stand its way. So sorry, Huskies fans. It is the Gophers that come out of the Fargo Regional and punch the tickets of the Frozen Four. And punched it. Yeah, punched it. Yeah, just boom, right? So is that the <laughs> definition? Brian, can you teach me what that means? No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're not going to go through the semifinal regions. Uh, we've already covered this quite a well, but I think from each of you, who wins the national championship? I just want one team. Who's going to win it all? Uh, we're going to start with you, Ryan. Who lifts the trophy at MLA Arena in Tampa in about a couple of weeks? I just think it's the Gophers' year. Um, they just, everything's lining up that way. They got, there's so much talent. Like you said, they're on a mission. They made it to the frozen four last year and just got steamrolled by Mankato. They know that they have the ability to get it done. And I just, it, it's kind of like I felt last year is like the year of destiny for Mankato, which ended up not being the case in the national championship. I feel like, this is it'll actually happen for the golfers this year i think minnesota comes out on top and uh there's gonna be a i don't know riots and dinky town i'm gonna make that prediction as well so <laughs> drew cove the mounted police will be out right they'll be the, the horses will be roaming through the middle of dinky town but they're calling I think the I, mountains from canada what <laughs> the british the are coming go, the british are mounted coming. on horses right yeah i'm, do, it, I'm taking it taking a page there, but uh yeah, I think uh, I I do think the Gophers are going to win the national championship. That's such a weird thing to say, um, just because it seems like it's been a while since like you could reasonably or like yeah, very reasonably predict that. Um, I do think it's their year. I think this has been built. I mean, this this moment of the season has been building since uh, early April last year when everybody went home and uh, decided to all come back. 
Um, but I do think it'll be Minnesota, Michigan, all Big Ten final. Um, it'll be an incredible game if it, if it can happen. Um, but I do think the Gophers will come out on top. I think uh, their, their discipline and their scoring is just going gonna, is, is gonna to be too much. Uh, and I think in a big spot, maybe Michigan can falter a little bit more than they did. Uh, obviously in the Big Ten championship game. So I think uh, first time in 20 years, I think the Gophers might be uh, grabbing the trophy. Alex? I'll go with Michigan. Uh, the, the team that I saw, you know, they dominated the Gophers at Mariucci in a hostile environment. That's two years in a row that they've done that. Uh, Adam Fantilli is playing at a whole nother level than everybody else, it seems like. Uh, a guy that doesn't get talked about enough on their team too is Gavin Brindley, who's going to be a first round draft pick as well. Um, and Luke Hughes, you know, he's, he's the, the maestro back there. Um, I just think it's Michigan's year. They have a cakewalk to the frozen four. Um, and you know, I just think overall they have the most talent and if the Gophers aren't going to be there, uh, I think, you know, that's, that's why Michigan wins it all. Oh gosh. I think Alex is going to get some hate mail here pretty soon. Uh, Marissa, what about you? I was hoping you'd go to Max. Um, this one's <laughs> why I went to you. I saw the look in your eye. I'm scared. I'm scared. Um, I don't know. Everyone, I swear, MSU fans are gonna hate me because it's like any other time. Whenever I talk to the guys, they're like, "You do you hate the Gophers," and I was like, "Yeah," and they're like, "Oh my God, thank God!" Blah, blah, blah. Like they hate. Like I don't know why, but everyone in Minnesota hates the Gophers if they're not rooting for the Gophers. But in my eyes. Rhett Pitlick with the absolutely bodiment of Dirty Dangles and uh, Matthew Nyes and just all of these other components that they have. Um, and I think they're pissed about Michigan. I think they're upset. I think they're not going to let it happen again. And if they do, you know, square up, which I think it will, I think Minnesota's going to come out. And I don't know, maybe I'll have to go up to Dinky Town and set fires as well, because why not? But Gophers are winning it. They're I, I predicted this also when the, when the season started, somebody asked me and I said, the Gophers are winning it all. So I have to stay true to that. I can't like flake now. No, you can't. And we no. would hold you to that if you did. Exactly. So, you can flake uh, on the rioting part though. You, you yeah, yeah, I, 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 I could probably you flake on the rioting There's probably a list with your name on it now. <laughs> I think you need to call this, uh, the Philadelphia city or have them Crisco the light pole, you know, the light poles. I think that's what they need to do. Uh, Max, you're the, the second to last one here. Who raises the trophy? Uh, I specifically selected my Frozen Four participants so that the Gophers would have one easy game in the Frozen Four, finally, that they were going to have to go through that bracket in order to get there. Um, so I think the Gophers make the championship game. I think they are playing against Denver in that championship game. You're going to get a oh. return to glory or a return champion, one or the other here. Uh, but I think it's the Gophers' year. What's good for the Gophers is good for Minnesota hockey, is good for the state of hockey. So, like... I, I just need it to happen. I need to shove it in all the East Coast elitist faces online. I need to argue more because I just can never get enough of it. It has to happen at this point. So that means it's me, right? Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it is Michigan and Minnesota in the championship game. Mm -hmm. I'm going to trigger a fan base. It's going to be Michigan that wins the national championship. So Alex, I'm going to open my inbox with you for hate mail. And it's <laughs> now... And here's the thing. They're two of the most talented teams in the country, whether it's, you know, front end to back. Uh, but Michigan just seems to have a way that they find to beat the Gophers for whatever reason, especially when the games matter. Uh, Michigan knows that 
you know, essentially they're just as good, if not better. And on the big stage, they've proven time and time again that they have a way to essentially exercise their game plan against Minnesota and come out on top. Um, you know, after, you know, shall we say their poor defenseman was wrapped into uh, a dirty pretzel there on the ice, you know, that didn't waver them. They scored the next two and they came out as the guys that were pointing and say, hey, nice goal, but this is our trophy. So I don't give a damn. A damn. So at the end of it, I'm Michigan over the Gophers and that's my pick. So come at me, Gophers fans. Let's hear it. Woof. Woof. You know what's that, Gophers fans? Yeah, exactly. At me. My Twitter there is right there. there. Twitter is right there. Just go. Just Yikes. go. Um, so Just let's go. do this before we close out. Max, I'm going to give you the final comments here because I know there's more energy building for you against uh, you know, your favorite writers <laughs> up there. In the He's Twitter been waiting. So I'm going to give you the, what you call the closing arguments here uh, before we send things off here for what should be a very ex- exciting weekend of college hockey. I would say if you can find any of your tickets, go out there, let your voices be heard. I know it's going to be tough to find them. I've heard tickets priced as high as $280 per seat in order to get there, um, despite what the haters would tell you about those being readily available, and it's not going to be an issue for anybody to attend. Clearly it is. Again, maybe we don't need regionals at facilities for people to see that this is a problem moving forward. This can be example enough. Um, Again, I hope Minnesota wins so that we get more of a regional bias towards the western side of the country. So not three of them are jammed in the northeast part of the country and forcing, you know, over half the fan bases to travel. They make a big stink about everybody wanting to drive to all these when they can. Well, it wouldn't be an issue if you had some that were closer to where the good hockey in the country is being played. And that's all I have to say. So with that being said here, ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for this week's episode. Please make sure you fill out your brackets again. You can follow us on Twitter at MN underscore NCAA. The league ID as well as the password is MNCAA. Fill out your brackets again. There's some prizes to be won from our friends at Better Edge, 7th Avenue Pizza, Northland Vodka, and Waggle Golf. So do it. Watch some hockey. And that will do it here from MNCAA. We'll see you guys next week to break it all down on who's been right and who's been wrong. Good night, everybody.